They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Springsteen sings Kings of Leon. Their giant hit, Use Somebody. not just blow a gasket i can't even reach those blow out his pants that's a lot of grunting yes it is i'm not even sure why we picked this song but that's all right welcome everybody thank you for joining us on thoughts at rocket is your favorite podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice and we try and squeeze in a little springsteen style into about 30 maybe 40 minutes speaking of use somebody mm-hmm. when you need to use somebody for website design who do you use let's design your site Ooh, we have a sponsor our friends dave and jesse place are amazing at designing websites even when you don't know what you want they have the ability to put forth what in your mind Mm -hmm. they bring it to life in an incredible way we've used them we've told our friends about them uh they're they're honestly just good people who do great work and i don't know that you can ask for more than that so when you need to use somebody use somebody like let's design your site (laughs) let's design your site truth be told brant is actually pretty good at building websites. Almost everything I'm that we hack. have, I'm a hack. But he, but he does a good job. But then when when somebody really wants something professionally done, and they go, "Oh, I love what you guys are doing," we just send them right to Dave That's and Jesse because right. they they really ain't do nobody know what get doing. time for that. That's right. Listen, thoughts that rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer. Love those guys. Their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have been told there are no more options. Uh, it is near and dear to our heart. Mm-hmm. We would love it if you would go visit them and find out how you can help them in their mission. It's Cannonball Kids Cancer. Org. Quick question for you, Brant. Remember the days uh, that people used to do reviews for us? It's been a while. That was like 2019. It's a long time. It was pre-COVID. <laughs> Pre-COVID was probably the last review that we ever received. Listen, if you like the show and you're new to the show, which is also, remember the last time we had a new listener? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was 2019. Yes. If those, if the stars collide and you're new and you haven't done a review, do us a favor. Go give us a five star rating and a review. Mm-hmm. That would mean a lot to us. And you know, there's a reason why. It's not just for our ego. I mean, it's mostly for that. Mostly. But as people come onto the show, the more listeners that we get, the yep. more opportunities that we can write checks to Cannibal Kids Cancer. So you really, mm-hmm. you'd be doing them a favor. Is how I look at it. I do too. Listen, we know how busy you are in grabbing just a moment where you could make your life better. That's, That's why tough. we're here. It doesn't really matter, honestly, what you're doing right now. It 
I mean, you could be doing so many other things while you're listening to the show. Tons. I don't know. You could be detailing your car. <laughs> squirt, squirt. Maybe you're practicing your five-finger death punch. <gasps> oh, Maybe oh, you're shit. selling baseball cards at a flea market. You really did just hurt yourself. How much for the Mickey Mantle? We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. I bruised my hand. Rock on. Oh, man. Our guest today is our longtime and dear friend, Joni Doolin, who is really a restaurant industry icon and a workplace expert. She's been devoted to really helping out the service sector workplaces like restaurants and, and just really balances people and profits and planet and purpose, all of those P's that we love. First off, Joni, I'm so thankful that you're here. Welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thank you. I'm delighted and honored to be here. Yes, and we've tried to do this like three or four times, and we've just had all kinds of craziness get in the way. But you're here now, and we're so we're so stoked about that. And I really do hope that everybody goes and checks out your bio in the show notes. But we did want to just highlight a couple cool things. First off, Joni founded People Report, which ultimately rolled up into her husband's brand, which was a sister company that they co-founded together called Black Box Intelligence which is really the hospitality industry's premier data resource. Um, as part of that business, Joni delivered, I would say, the most amazing events. Some of the best times of my life were either at Global Best Practices, which is the internal client conference, which also had some very cool coveted industry awards, and also Summer Brand Camp, which it, it, sound, you know, it, it, it felt exactly like it sounds. I mean, it was just an absolute blast to do it. And it was pretty much open for other people outside of your clients. But imagine bringing operators and marketing and HR together. What a concept. And that's, you know, that's Joni <laughs> Duell in there. Um, Joni has served on uh, many boards, including Share Our Strength, which is the parent company of No Kid Hungry, which we support. Uh, Coaches Collective International and as advisor and founding member of the Leadership Council of Conscious Capitalism. You know, you can tell she's got a great heart. She's facilitated and provided data for Chart, which we talk about a lot on the show, the National Restaurant Association, Women's Food Service Association. You know, we, we could go through a lot. I, and I think probably the biggest thing, Brandt, is that Joni was recognized as WFF's Trailblazer Award. Mm -hmm. She's just, you know, sh she's awesome. She literally... You know, it's just got this great mind and a big heart. In fact, um, I, I remember, Joni, you and I, we literally have traveled to Africa and back. Just, again, really involved in philanthropy, but helping out the service sector. And I know we already said this, but we're so completely honored that you're here. Mm, you're right. That was 4th of July a few years ago. Yeah, a few We're years ago. We're coming up on it's another like eight, anniversary. Yeah, it's like nine years ago, something like that. I yeah. wish we could go back. That's, you've actually been back since then we have we have and unfortunately what's going on in ethiopia now is um, yeah. actually quite dire yeah i don't know that we could go back you'd have to go somewhere no. else you know even no, uh tanzania is struggling a little bit i had a chance to do that but going back where we were in ethiopia i think would just be too too dangerous and uh you know, hopefully you, you hope and pray that uh, they can figure out what they're doing in their country and who's trying to take over and, and different warlords and different sections. It's it's a little bit spooky. And you and I still have people that are living there on the ground and mm -hmm. trying to change communities. And it's just tough. You think we have issues here in our country and then you go over right. there. Like, Woo, hoofa. 
Well, you know the deal. We uh, we try and do things a little bit differently here, Joni. We um, you know, we don't do the of long course you do. style. You know, that's just right up our alley, right? Uh, we love to get right to the point of sharing these awesome pieces of advice. And you gave us a couple good ones here, so we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. Number one. My thought is. You do not have to have an opinion. Well, I think that's Uh-oh. crazy. <laughs> but yes, go, go on, go on. <laughs> Intriguing. Yeah, where, where did that come from? So it comes from, um, it comes from Marcus Aurelius, who was, a Roman emperor about 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. but it comes obviously via Ryan holiday and the daily Stoics. Mm. And, um, you know, I've been studying these guys for probably about four years, as long as they've been doing it. And this idea about having an opinion, um, and having the power to hold no opinion um, is a good thing and not letting it upset our minds and not letting us, um, you know, not let it interrupt what should not be interrupted. And uh, so you know, in addition to the Stoics, you know, I have been studying for quite a few years now the impact of social media mm-hmm. on um, ourselves, our mental health, and most definitely our workplace. And, you know, Jim, you know this, we, we spent a lot of time at summer brand camp, which was, you know, we were on fire socially, but we also devoted a lot of time talking about what the potential consequences would be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as we have progressed through this, you know, through the pandemic, through um, all of the, you know, the political unrest, the social unrest, the hyperactivism, you know, the 24 seven news cycles. Um, and, and now, you know, again, I come back to our workplaces. Um, we've reached a bit of a crescendo. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of not needing to hold or to defend or, you know, or, to just endlessly debate an opinion started to have some real power. Yeah. So that's how I got there. And this is, this is interesting. I'm looking at Brant because it's, it, it is a little contrary, right? To what I would say a lot of people are still saying, I mean, it's still prevalent because individuals and, and activists almost, I would say demand that others and even brands now have an opinion that they have to take a stand, right? Usually in favor of their opinion so that 
unfortunately, you know, for some people, they're going to be judged. They're going to be, I guess, canceled now is kind of what they say. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a very different thought to say, you know what, you have the right to not have an opinion or at least not share it. I don't know, Brant, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think we're in a culture that if you don't have an opinion, then people think you're uneducated Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and don't understand that it's actually a powerful choice to not have an opinion on something that you maybe don't have all the facts on and, and maybe it's not in your wheelhouse and maybe you don't need to have an opinion on it because it's not in your purview. And I, I think that that's, you know, the, the meme culture that we live in uh, sort of demands that you have that one liner uh, thing that you could say that either riles people up or, or gets them behind you or unites the troops or it's like, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a dangerous a dangerous culture, uh, I think, that we live in today where um, people are willing to share an uneducated opinion uh, faster than than anybody really desires them to do so. Yeah. Do, do well, you, th- yeah, you know, and you said, I, I like how you cat- categorized it as a meme culture. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, first of all, we need to distinguish that we're not talking about beliefs and principles. Right. This is not to say you shouldn't have beliefs about certain things. Sure. And you yeah. shouldn't honor certain principles. Um, you know, I'll I'll go to my personal activism, which is wrapped around ending childhood hunger and ending hunger in the U.S., yeah. which has actually unfortunately escalated it in has. the last 16 months. I mean, it, it's, it's really, and so I'm very passionate about that. I will clearly, you know, feel clear to voice an opinion about it, but not about everything about it right. because I don't know everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as share our strength has gotten really involved in working with the schools, for example, we have run into so many issues um, that you you have to learn, you have to research, you have to work with the people on the ground who are in these schools and in these communities. And then ultimately you might say, okay, well, I think we should do this. Yeah. But you don't say it just because somebody asked you. Um, right. So that's one thing is make sure that we're we're not saying that beliefs and principles aren't important, but opinions are typically created by reading the opinions of other people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's the vicious cycle and whether it's from the news, um, you know, and again, the 24 seven news cycle, everybody has to have an opinion about something because that's clickbait. Yeah, um, that's where you get it. And then if you are someone who follows things on social, then you uh, get everybody's opinion there. But you're still dealing in the wor- the realm of opinion, not necessarily facts, right? Not necessarily, you know, as you described, Brent, your your purview, your wheelhouse, your is it really going to make a difference? Um, and that's where I think we have to distinguish. Yeah. Do you, do you think Joni, uh, you know, again, you were listing off a lot of things that maybe in your mind, you came to this, 
this, I don't want to say an epiphany because you've been looking at it for a while, but you know, it's the, it's the confluence of these events. It's Mm -hmm. the election cycle. Like you said, it's the pandemic. It's, you know, the, the woke cancel culture. It's, it's, um, you know, George Floyd. It's like all of these things that came together. Do you think there was a moment for you when you started to think, you know what, I don't have to either have or share an opinion. You sort of echoed that or, or did you maybe have that before? Because I do think, like when I think of Joni Dolan, I do think of you as being extremely opinionated. Um, you mm-hmm. purposefully will remove the filter. You say things sometimes that other people won't say. And I love that, in a, especially in a business conference, when you know people want to say the things that you just said. And I think you get credit for that because you get people to think differently. When did this moment happen for you that you thought, you know what, you don't have to have an opinion and, and be okay with that? Well, it, you know what, it really was a little bit of an epiphany. And and honestly, you know, and I said coming from um, Ryan Holiday published Stillness is the Key um, earlier last year, which is just an absolutely magnificent book. Um, and that, that book ha- had tremendous impact. And a lot of this, you know, philosophy, if you will, underlied that book. But what really got me going on it was Cal Newport. And Cal Newport is the guy who wrote Deep Work. And he also published Digital Minimalism. Okay. Um, and Cal Newport is a really interesting guy. He's another, he's young. Um, he's a computer science professor at Georgetown. And a lot of his almost all of his research he's done with his with college students and he's been studying the impact of social for about 10 years and what he has uncovered is that you know the level of anxiety the levels of depression the levels you know in college students is so dramatically accelerated. Yeah. And when they dig into it and you talk to the social scientists and you actually talk to the people on the campuses that are working with these students and ask kind of the same question you just asked me about when did you figure this out? What they figured out was it was all directly related to a phone, Mm. to the iPhone. Interesting. Tied directly into it. And, you know, the, the isolation, um, the, um, again, the anxiety, but the isolation, you know, the lack of real connection, um, you know, has, and it all comes from, Brent, what you alluded to, which is FOMO. Yeah. It's like, well, if I don't know about it, then people will think I'm an idiot. Yep. You know, but what do you really have to know about, you know, right. there's, you know, when, when you, when you go through the, the celebrities that are listed in the morning news feed, do you even know who all of them are? And is it important that you do or you don't, <laughs> right. um, you know, but, yeah. but his work, you know, and he took, um, several cohorts of college students through the the exercise of digital minimalism which was cutting all the apps off their phone 
um, you know, getting outside, making things with their hands, playing music. I mean, doing anything except tweeting. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the results were um, just this huge increase in empathy um, and maybe most importantly for a student in critical thinking. Um, and, and critical thinking being at the root of, in my book, um, that's where you start to form an opinion. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's a couple of different things, Joan, as I'm thinking through this. So one of the things you talked about earlier about beliefs are, or, um, you know, the values that you hold. So the work, the work that I do centers around these subjects of what, what are these non-negotiable mm -hmm. values and how do they work? And one of the things that I tell people all the time when I'm, when I'm coaching them through these sort of processes of defining the things that matter most is you only need belief when you don't have proof. And so they spend an enormous, uh, exorbitant amount of time, uh, trying to convince themselves of something that there's no proof of. And so we try to find the proof and point to the proof so that mm. they don't, they don't have to try so hard to make themselves or convince themselves of something that isn't there. Um, that sort so, so the, the challenge for me is, is that worked really, really well up until this last year. And mm -hmm. with the political climate being what it was and the just unabashed uh, beratement of non-truths coming from whatever side you want to pick, um, proof had nothing to do with it because proof became a matter of opinion. And, mm. and so for me, when I think about this, the thing that made it really different, I think that makes it in this time currently to make it incredibly difficult to understand and accept the fact that you don't have to have an opinion for someone like me, I can make that choice until someone <laughs> gives an uneducated opinion about something that, you know, for a fact is just not true. And now I have, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm faced with this choice. Do I share my opinion on that opinion? Yes, you do. Or do I walk, or do I walk <laughs> away? Yes, you have. Right? Because the, so the, the work, all the work that I've done for the last year centered around defining these non-negotiable values and what we know with the assessment that, that we created that, that launched with my book. Um, we've had over 5,000 people take this in September. And we know now that the number one shared value among all humans is connection. And connection mm -hmm. is the number one shared value by a 50% margin to the next closest value. And so the interesting thing to me and the, That's powerful. the sort of rampant, uh, what, we, what we're watching right now of these opinions, these uneducated opinions that are being shared is because of the desperation for connection that they're not getting in healthy places. So they find connection in unhealthy places, which leads to the increased sharing of more uneducated opinions, which, which in effect negates the whole idea of being connected in the first place because it moves us further apart. And so it becomes this vicious cycle. And, and I guess my question becomes, that is really powerful. how do you not share or have an opinion when you're faced with something that is just blatantly inaccurate and you know it for a fact, you have the proof, it's science, it's not opinion. How do you, 
how do you, what do you do in that scenario? Do you still go, you know what, I'm going to choose to not share my opinion or do you go, all right, someone's going to get it. You know, we, I I laugh with Jim about this. So in in one of the companies I used to work with a lot, um, we had a phrase that we would use that's in the spirit of honesty. And we, whenever you heard the phrase, uh, in the spirit of honesty, you knew you were about to be punched in the face. (laughs) Mm-hmm. With some, with something, and we were giving you a chance to get your hands up because what we're about to say next, you might not like or agree with, and I just feel like um, I've been having a lot of in the spirit of honesty conversations <laughs> in the last <laughs> months. Are they with me? <laughs> with Jim and others? <laughs> yes, yes. So again, I go back to there are, for example, you can take something current which is, you know, the science regarding the COVID virus and the, you know, the response of vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still, I am not a scientist. My experience has been if I wanted to travel overseas, which I've done a lot of overseas travel, every time I would get on a plane, I would get, you know, an armful of vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And they would be for diseases that, you know, like malaria and polio and, um, you know, tuberculosis and, you know, all all kinds of things that have been relatively eradicated Mm -hmm. that you would be susceptible to on your trip. And so to me, you know, my opinions tend to be formed through my lens, which is um, vaccines have been good to me. Yes. Now, you know, there are a lot of people that have a lot of contacts for why perhaps they're not a good thing. And, you know, I think there is a place for uncomfortable discussion. And, you know, being in one of those places where you know you're going to, you know, best is you're going to agree to disagree um, because that's about as good as it's going to get. You know you're not going to change another person's opinion. But it's done in the context of, you know, Stephen Covey 101, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that to me is the antithesis of blasting opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If that makes any sense. I mean, it's it's not the same as supporting something you believe in. If, If you feel very passionately about something, that it's the right thing, that it's, you know, the right cause, that it's the, you know, that it's important. Um, You know, people who support, um, you know, all sorts of issues who you really truly believe that this is the right thing to do. Um, You should express your opinion. Yeah. But you should, but having an argument in, I mean, having an argument online, I just have not observed to be particularly effective. 
Yeah. It could be climate change. It could be COVID. It could be right now, everyone's talking about critical race theory. Like I'm not knowledgeable enough, one, about these, but two, I do have an opinion about it. I do have some values, but to your point, I have the right and the ability to not have an opinion, at least not to share it on social media. And I think, you know, again, this, I may get beaten up for this, but for some reason in my line of work as a speaker, as an author, as, as I try to be a thought leader in certain areas, I just know that there are some people who have lost half their audience or lost big time business before because they publicly are displaying their opinion. And to your point, it's different than let's say you and I um, propping up no kid hungry. Like, I'm not sure how you could argue against that. Maybe how we go about solving that. Fine. Mm -hmm. You know, childhood hunger, we, we would all love to see that eliminated in our lifetime. You know, Brant and I support Cannonball Kids Cancer, and we've had loved ones that have both passed away from cancer. I, I, you and I have talked forever about the different, you know, types of capitalism and, and your conscious cap work that you do. So I, I just make a point that I'm, you know, I think many will say that I personally am wrong, that it's not the right approach, that I absolutely should choose a stand, but... I've just decided to be agnostic on, on some of these issues. I just don't have the time, the energy, the knowledge. I don't have time for the drama, the war that you're going to have with somebody online. I just don't. And so I think, Brant, to your point, when you see something that maybe is blatantly wrong or it's against, you know, absolute fact, you know, or I would maybe even say some of that is still your truth, your facts. It's different for different people. And I just, unless I was the authority on it, I've just sort of steered away from it. And again, I know some people are going to be anti against it, but you know, I go back to the question that Brant, you had for Joni and Joni, how, how do you, how do you stick to your guns? How do you continue to be authentic the way that you are? How do you hold your tongue? You know, how have you been able to stave off your opinion on, on social media? Cause I know you're still in that world. How do you not share that publicly when you've got this strong opinion? You know, Jim, you know, our, um, you know, black box intelligence, you know, we serve the restaurant industry. Yeah. So we're serving millions of employees and, you know, managers and, and corporate executives. And, um, you know, as we all know, the restaurant industry is very fragmented. It's extremely yeah. fragmented. And there are, you know, all kinds of opinions about all kinds of the issues that, that you've mentioned. What we seek to do is find a couple things. One, the unifying values you know, what are the things we can all get behind? Mm -hmm. Like what you said, you know, who can't get behind no kid hungry. Although I know from 20 years of being in that business, there are people who don't, Yes, but, yes. um, you know, but it's, what can we get behind? And then who are the, you know, who are the examples? Who are the individuals and the companies that are leading in such a way that you want to hold them up to potentially be emulated. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big piece of what we do. So my opinion is not really what's important. Um, you know, we're, we're a data and analytics business. I mean, yeah. our, 
and and we have always said we don't want to give you our opinion we want to give you research and then dig into the insights that we believe you know that result i mean you know our our tagline is you know reveal insights that unlock potential and enrich lives yeah and that's the you know that's the linear path first you have to do the research. Then you can say, all right, here are some insights that potentially are gonna unlock performance, unlock, you know, in, in your organization, these are keys. And the end goal is enriching lives. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living. Yeah. So that for me, that's the governing principle. Yeah. Love it. I, I think I remember you talking also about, um, you know, if we only could stick to the crystal ball, something that Kathleen Wood said to you at a conference, um, which is kind of come to come to light now. Do you remember that, that story, that discussion? I do remember the story. I remember it was one of the very first summer conferences. It was, you know, the predecessor to summer brand camp. And she had just written her book, and I'm very sorry, I can't remember the name of that book right this second, and maybe the, you can. Yeah, The Best Shift of Your Life. Yeah, that was it. And actually, uh, that's right, because the the theme of that conference was Shift Happens. <laughs> yep, yep, perfect, yep. <laughs> and, and Kathleen, it was monsoons in New Orleans, and Kathleen and her crew including Ian Vaughn, had to drive from Baton Rouge to Dallas because she was the chairperson and the keynote speaker for that conference. And she talked about how people were distracted with pop culture. People were distracted with, you know, all the things people were distracted with. Now, mind you, this was in 2007. Right. And um, and how that was, you know, preventing connection and communication. And, you know, and I still remember she had the whole audience on their feet. And at the end of it, she just stood up there and said, turn off CNN. <laughs> just like, turn it off. <laughs> yes. You're already one step ahead if you do that. Which reminds me of if you've seen the Netflix uh, documentary uh, Social Dilemma, which freaked me out. I mean, their whole uh -huh. point was turn as much of the notifications off. You will be so much more productive and positive and, and just have less stress and, and stay away from social media. I mean, now it's such a big part of our lives, but it is, you know, it's a tool and it's how you use it, which goes back. Yeah, to exactly. I mean, about. the brain science on it says, I mean, the brain science is it's more addictive than crack cocaine. Exactly. Exactly. And the the business science is you are the product. We are the product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So well, I, keeping those two things in mind helps govern that behavior a little bit. If everybody would have just listened to Kathleen a decade ago, that's <laughs> what we yeah, say exactly. frequently, frequently around here. <laughs> we say yeah. it regularly. So this is going to fit perfectly, I think, uh, with with our corresponding thought because I know we're talking about opinion and and whether you share that opinion. And I know that you know we've looked at some of the stuff about opinions really just being the lowest form of human knowledge, and that fits perfectly, I think, with. Uh, the thought that that Brent you came up with, but I think it came through somebody else. What is our thought that rocks? Yeah, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, who was it? Yeah, typically I I'm the one who goes in and digs. Um, but Joni was kind enough to to give so much context to her thought that we I was able to get my thought yes. from her thought. She, she gave us two <laughs> thoughts. Our corresponding I, thought is another Joni. I appreciate that. You saved me about an hour. <laughs> yes. Um, and so uh, you know our thought that rocks. My pleasure. Yes, comes from Bill Bullard, uh, um, politician who who had this to say. Thoughts that rock, number two. The highest form of knowledge is empathy. And the full quote that this comes from, I think, is important for the context. He said, opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability, no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires us to suspend our egos and live in another's world. Love that. And I think Mm -hmm. that, so I've got a good friend, his name is P.W. Gopal, spent many, many years as a singer-songwriter, and he's now... um, doing some life coaching and values coaching and uh, we, we call him the life mechanic. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the things that he talks about uh, being Sri Lankan is this idea of third world mindset. Mm. And he says, I, you know, I live my life with a third world mindset, which means uh, I have to put myself in, in many different shoes that you have never tried on because I'm Sri Lankan. Mm. And so I approach things through this third world mindset as if it's the first time I've ever experienced something because it's that perspective that, that helps me make the best decision possible in that moment. When you get pulled over by the police, it's not the same scenarios when I get pulled over by the police. Mm -hmm. And so I have to have a third world mindset if I want to be safe (laughs) and I want to, to, to find the best solution to whatever scenario that I find myself in. And I think that that sort of really encompasses a lot of the idea of this thought, which is, you know, or early on in my uh, sort of days of, of helping others and coaching people, um, you know, you really have to learn the difference between sympathy and empathy. And and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us are really good at sympathy because we don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the empathy part that you've got to put your, you know, be willing to, to walk a mile in someone else's shoes to really understand and have a perspective that is beyond your ability to recognize in the moment. And when you do that, um, it really helps uh, the bipartisan you know, needed uh, relationships needed to, to move the needle in any positive direction. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Anyways, I actually, yeah, I know when, um, in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, you know, and, and of course, like the rest of the world, we were dealing with all of this over zoom, um, and dealing with, you know, a team that had, uh, you know, a 
a lot of people of color, different nationalities, um, you know, black, brown, Asian. Um, but what we had to, you know, we had to come to grips with was all we can really do is open this up and listen because this is not our experience. We're, I mean, we might be outraged and of course we were, um, but it's still, it's not our experience. And, you know, we just need to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. I, I used to, so when my, uh, when my eldest son was uh, younger, we, we tried to have him take a keto classes to give him something to do. And you keto, know, low carb, uh, a keto. Oh, sorry. Not low carb. Gotcha. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. I keto, I keto. Wow. I used to take a class for yes. that. It's just meat, eggs. We and had cheese. him take keto classes and he ate mostly eggs. <sighs> um, but yes. no, it was Aikido, which, which is a martial arts, you know, class. And we always laughed because he would be in there for about two minutes and the teacher would teach him a particular move to do. Mm-hmm. And he'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and he would do his own move. And he would try to get the teacher to, to be like, no, this is the move you should be doing because it's way cooler. But that's sort <laughs> How of. How old was he? That's all. Uh, he, he was uh, 16. No, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's he, a was, he was probably seven, six or seven at the time. Mm. And just, um, but, but I feel like that's. That's the mentality, right? Where where you get put into a scenario that you have no idea. This is not this is not your expertise. Yeah. But somebody says, "Hey, this is something that I'd like you to look at," and you immediately go, "No, no, no! Watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've got the answer. I've got the solution. I've got this." When in fact, you should just shut up and listen. And and mm-hmm. it's, I think it's such a a uh, uh, underappreciated and overlooked skill set these days of someone who can just be quiet. And you listen. know why? Cause we're not taught that. Like yeah. w- when you think about all the forms of communication, we're mm-hmm. taught many classes on how to write. Yep. We're taught many classes on how to speak, whether you had high school speech or in college, or whatever, where are the listening classes? Yeah. Like unless mm-hmm. Joni, like you said, going and, and taking, let's say the seven habits and, and learning some Stephen Covey isms, you don't learn to seek first to understand. So we're so conditioned. Everything is learned behavior. By the time you're an adult with your own thoughts, your own opinions, since we're going back to that, you, you know, if you haven't listened to anybody before, that's a real hard skill to change, yeah. to all of a sudden shut your yapper and listen. You might actually learn. <laughs> do, do, are you uh, the, and, you know, I know we're going to have to wrap up here, but <laughs> I, I just wanted to thank both of you for taking the time to hash through some of this and Brant to you for highlighting that quote um, about empathy, because, you know, we are, I mean, I'm back to my, my day job here, um, you know, workforce, we are facing the most difficult workplace of our lifetimes. Um, We've never studied it. We've never experienced it. And it is so complex and, um, you know, just four walls management is just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way I see us navigating it is by, 
you know, empathy on steroids, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, listening, because everyone has experienced the last 18 months differently. Yeah. So when you say empathy, though, Joni, are you saying from the leadership from the employees from inside the four walls that they ought to be more empathetic with the with the customer or vice versa that we should be more more well when i say that now i'm focused on leadership i mean it's what we need to do i mean our employees not only had to deal with all of the uncertainty losing their jobs in many cases um and then to come back to and abusive customers yeah mm-hmm. um you know just a very hostile environment no doubt and you know it, it's the the companies that we see that are doing the best job are the ones that started out with empathy yeah um but even those companies are telling you uh, you know vacancy rates are at an all-time high turnovers at an all-time high um, the, the lack of applicants is staggering. Um, and so, you know, I just think we will only navigate that by using, I, I, I wrote a blog a few weeks ago called radical hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, I think, I, I think that's what's required right now. Yeah. I, I could not agree with you more. And I know this would be a totally different show, but it, it did amaze me coming out of the pandemic, especially with the lockdown where some restaurants had not been able to operate in some States still not. And, you know, a year and a half later, but it was, you know, for the most part a year. And when they opened the doors, it, it, it there was this lackadaisical approach on some brands. And I, I won't mention any, but I'll tell you to your point, the ones that were awesome and great and already had empathy before the pandemic, they they were even better and the ones that were not so great they were they were revealed like they were unmasked as really and in my mind i'm like this is your moment you haven't had sales mm-hmm. for a year why are you not bending over backwards for the ultimate customer and to your point jenny there there are people that are just way more belligerent these days i can't imagine having to work on the front line i get that but man, mm-hmm. there are some things that we could be doing, and and it is leadership. I'm glad you said that because it is a direct line, I think, to whoever's controlling the uh, the environment. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of you know empathy among employees and for one another, and you know now we're we're back in your wheelhouse. You know, this is the culture. This is the culture of the organization. Yeah. We care about one another. I mean, that needs to be carefully, you know, reinforced and cultivated. And But, you know, right now, we need to take care of the people who have gone through trauma because they have. Yeah. 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 100%. And again, we see there are a lot of great companies doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. I, I want to leave maybe the this quote. I love this Bill Bullard quote. I really do. The highest form of knowledge is empathy. And I'm going to, I'll share something that's recent and a little bit raw for me just to, to be vulnerable for a second. So, you know, I just recently lost my father and, uh, you know, I had, I had for the most part, this amazing experience at the hospital that we had. Um, and, and I was in the hospital with my dad for 26 days straight 
usually staying one to three hours after and, and beyond the visiting hours every night. So I was there from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., but more times than not, I'd stay a little bit later. And every one of the uh, nurse leaders, they call them a charge nurse, were knowledgeable. They, they knew that I was there. They, they were many times appreciative of me helping out if my dad had to be changed or just to be with him for a few more moments than normal. Um, the very last night, the nurse leader, let's you know call her Beth because that was her name, <laughs> she not only kicked me out, like threatened to call security because I was there two hours past visiting hours, on the very last night of us staying in the hospital before we went, we went to hospice, you know, the last night basically of my dad's life. And, you know, she was knowledgeable, you know, she, she maybe was the smartest person on the floor that night. Um, you know, she had the experience you could tell, but she took on this very authoritative position, um, with, in my opinion, zero empathy. I even told her we were leaving tomorrow morning. I was waiting. The reason I stayed later so that I could help them change my, my father. And at that moment she became, you know, not the most knowledgeable, you know, I, I now think of that hospital brand negatively, not, not because of the 25 awesome nights that we had, but because of the one bad night, because of a single interaction of somebody that had no empathy. And so, you know, maybe just to bring that home, I think, again, you're only as strong as your weakest link. I know that's so overused, but the reality is as people come into contact, let's say in your world, in the restaurant, in the hospitality world, that person that you brought on board, they can either make you or not. And you talk about cultures. I just believe it's all based off of human behavior. And so you can be as smart as you want to. If you have no empathy for me as a team player, as a team member, as a, uh, as a customer, man, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting me to show up again, you know, because I just don't want to spend any more money or time or effort or, or energy on you anymore. So I just, I, I think it's so funny that we started with, let's don't, you know, you, you have the right to not have an opinion. You don't have to share that, but boy, if we could just be a little bit more, you know, ha have a little bit more empathy in the world, what would this place look like? What would this planet look like? And I know that's the work that you do. And I'm just, I'm so proud to to know you and, and still see your trajectory and you're still out there with uh, maybe with a, a little bit of a filter now. I don't know <laughs> if you're not sharing all of your opinion, no. but, <laughs> but you know, changed. that hasn't changed. Okay, good, good. No. As long as we're not muzzling up Joni, then we're happy. No, 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 no. She needs to fly. No. Here, here's a, here's an opinion from me. <laughs> if empathy is not one of your superpowers, get out of hospitality. Yeah. There's my opinion. Mm. There Boom. Mic drop <laughs> yeah. right there. All right. Joni, where where can people stay in touch with you? I mean, uh, where, where would you like for us to send them? Because we'll put all this in the show notes. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm still Lucky Penny on Twitter. Love it. Um, Joni Thomas Doolin on Instagram. Um, Blackboxintelligence.com. Um is where a lot of our materials are published. Um, and, you know, obviously there's good old email and, and phone. So open Thanks. to all of them. Awesome. Love that. Amazing. Well, we're just so thrilled that you had a moment to give us two thoughts, not just one, but two. <laughs> Love that you didn't follow the rules. In fact, you say Brandt an hours worth of time. We just... <laughs> 
we love everything that that you're doing and um you know just just am so thrilled that you had a an opportunity to share some words of wisdom so thanks for stopping by thoughts that rock it's an honor and a privilege i really respect the work that you guys are doing um bringing you know thoughts into the world because when when else do we get to do this really truth especially when we didn't have any events yeah we we needed something like this from a from a distance base so thank Mm -hmm. you but it's a different experience and and you've really brought it to life in a way that um i know you're like a highly ranked if not the most highly ranked podcast and no surprise because you know we all need it yeah well we appreciate that are you mostly talking to me or both of us because <laughs> no. I'll, take, I'll take the win i'll take it the deal with you two and- <laughs> we're trying to figure it out we're three years yeah, out. It out one of us joni has an amazing amount of empathy and the other the one other one's is Jim Jim Knight. Knight. <laughs> nice nice setup i love that we we have nothing but but love for each other here. We just like digging on each That's other. That's true. That's how we know we love each other, mm-hmm. and we love you. Listen, we will talk to you soon, and uh, keep love doing what you're Johnny. Tell everybody who said hey. Okay, thank you. You got it. Rock on. Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on! Welcome, change agents, to your go to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.